I'm Neil Osborne, and welcome to the Get to Yes podcast, where I teach, coach, consult, and speak on selling in the hair, beauty, and body industries. Have you noticed these days with your clients, or be they B2B salon owners or B2C salon and clinic clients, that being pushy just doesn't work? Talking doesn't work. However, asking and listening does. Throughout these podcasts, I'm going to discuss a style of selling that uses the skill of persuasion. Our belief is that you get to yes by listening, not telling. If you practice these persuasion skills, you'll become more successful, achieve greater results, gain that recognition you're yearning for, or maybe even just learn that selling can be fun. Hi, Neil Osborne from The Sales Catalyst here. In this episode, we're going to jump in and talk about a response that a lot of salespeople fear, getting an objection, or worst still, no. So whether it be you're selling to beauty salons, skin clinics, or owners of hairdressing salons, we all need to think about our response when we get an objection. And today, I have a real beauty for you. So what do you say when a client says no? I'm always curious how salespeople respond to that very cold response, no. As we've discussed before, when salespeople are confronted with this no response, most salespeople move to either fight or flight. You know, you either move to fight. And if you're not careful, you'll start to argue your point. You know, to defend your position or your point of view. By the way, I'm yet to find a salesperson who wins the argument plus gets the sale. For others, you may move to flight, and in this space, you'll start to retreat or attempt to release some of the perceived sales pressure by saying, oh, that's okay, or uh, this offer may be on again next month. As you may recall from my previous podcasts, when you get a straight no, my standard response is, okay, hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? And then I pause. In most cases, that's a really effective response as it asks the buyer in a polite way to open up and share more about what they are thinking at the moment. And generally, they do. To be honest, I've also struggled sometimes to get that response to work when they offer a price objection. You know, when they say, that's too expensive. To then ask, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, sometimes it just doesn't work. And sometimes it does too, but it's never given me the ideal response. I found sometimes they start comparing your price to a competitor's price. And as they do, they quickly forget all of the value that you've included in your brand story. Don't you hate that? Now, while this objection is an attempt to negotiate the price, We, the salesperson, only tends to hear that's too expensive. And as a result, you're left with a price-to-price argument. So what do you do? Well, I'd like to share with you a story. A story that will open up your mind to a different approach. And then we can chat about how we can use this principle of the story in our industry. I revisited a favourite book of mine called Sales EQ by Jeb Blow. The chapter is called The Mysterious Brown Bag, and it talks of two salespeople. One, Art, the local rep, and Joe, his very experienced sales manager. Art had been working on a deal with a local bakery, 
Everything was going along without a hitch until Art presented his proposed pricing. Art picks up the story and he went on to explain. Mr Gazzoli, the owner, was adamant that the rates were too high and he wouldn't budge from his position. I'd been going back and forth and trying to convince him that even though my rates were a little higher than my competitors, the added value of our service was more than worth it. But I was getting nowhere. He kept throwing the competitors' low prices in my face. But I was in a tight spot. If I went any lower, I wouldn't make a dime of commissions. Worse, I'd have to get the approval from my district manager. And I can assure you that's not a pleasant experience. During a pipeline review with Joe, the sales manager, Art explained, the Gazzoli deal was stalled and expressed his frustrations with our high rates. If we didn't get our prices in line with our competitors, I was just never going to be able to sell anything, said Art. Art smiles, though, as he explains that he might have been just a little bit hot-headed back then. So he goes on to tell the story of how Joe taught him an indelible lesson, Art recalls. Joe didn't flinch. He stood up and said, come on, walked out to his car and motioned for me to get in. Then Joe drives us to the local grocery store, parks the car and says to me, wait here. Ten minutes later, he comes out carrying a brown paper bag. He stuffs it in the back seat, puts the car in drive and off we go. Half an hour later, we are sitting in the lobby of Gazzoli Baking Company waiting for Mr. Gazzoli to arrive. The mysterious brown bag perched on Joe's lap. After a 20-minute wait, the assistant ushers us into Mr. Gazzoli's office. The brown paper bag clutched in Joe's hand. I, I just didn't know what to expect. Joe had barely spoken to me since we got into the car, and I was nervous about his intentions. We sat across from Mr. Gazzoli's desk, and Joe started a conversation in a relaxed, almost nonchalant manner. Mr. Gazzoli, Art tells me that we've been working with you on a truck leasing program for your delivery fleet. He says you feel that our rates are a bit too high, so I've come down here to learn a bit more. And then he just shut up. Mr. Gazzoli leaned back in his chair, crossed his arms and said, I appreciate you took the time to come all the way down here, but the fact is... Your rates aren't a bit higher. They are way higher than your competitors. You're not even close. I know what you're going to say, that your service and quality are better. You can save your breath because I've heard it all before. All of your truck companies are all the same. If you can't get your prices in line with your competitors, well, well we just don't have anything to talk about. Joe wasn't the least bit ruffled. He placed the brown bag on Mr. Gazzoli's desk slowly unfolded the top and pulled out two loaves of bread out of the bag. Joe set the bag on the floor and placed the loaves directly in front of Mr. Gazzoli. Joe allowed the silence to hang in the air for a moment before speaking. Mr. Gazzoli, I'm just curious, what's the difference between this loaf of supermarket brand white bread that cost 63 cents and this loaf of Gonzoli Italian bread that costs $1.87. What makes it worth three times as much? With that, Mr. Gonzoli jumped up, pushed his chair back, leaned over the desk, and spent the next ten minutes lecturing us why his bread was better 
His passion for his bread and reputation was on full display. He explained his bread was fresher. It was made from high-quality ingredients. The care that went into making it, the unique baking process, his family's recipe, the history of Cazzoli bread, and of course, the taste. He twisted his face in disgust as he said the words, with all those artificial ingredients, that stuff tastes more like cardboard than bread. When he'd felt we'd been sufficiently educated in the superiority of Gazzoli Italian bread, he sat back down. Joe leaned across the desk, picked up the loaf of Gazzoli bread and said, Mr. Gazzoli, that's exactly what we've been trying to tell you about us. We are the Gazzoli bread of truck leasing. For a noticeable moment, Joe and Mr. Gazzoli just sat there staring at each other. I didn't breathe. Then a grin spread across Mr. Gazzoli's face and he let out a big laugh. He reached out and shook Joe's hand. There were still a few concessions to make. However, we walked out with a signed contract and a new customer. And we no longer looked the same as our competitors. Today, Art Valley is the COO of Penske Truck Leasing and he is one of the most gifted and dynamic leaders that Jeb knows, an executive who gets it. He puts a high priority on sales and sales training. He's the only C-level executive Jeb knows that spends time with every sales training class from entry-level sales reps and basic sales training through to veteran sales professionals who are attending advanced training. Jeb goes on to draw a number of astute observations. In response to Mr. Gazzoli's buying script, Joe leveraged a non-complimentary response. This disrupted Mr. Gazzoli's expectations of how a salesperson would behave, pulling Mr. Gazzoli's attention towards Joe. Mr. Gazzoli took the stage to defend his position and lecture Art and Joe on why Gazzoli bread was better than the supermarket brand. As Joe and Art listened intently to the lecture and gave their complete attention, it made Mr. Gazzoli feel important the most powerful gift you can give another person. This created a feeling of obligation to Mr. Gazzoli. In the process of lecturing Joe and Art, Mr. Gazzoli became more committed to his position that his bread is better than the competition. Joe touched both wires to the emotional trigger by speaking Mr. Gazzoli's language. That's exactly what we've been trying to tell you about us. We are the Gazzoli bread of truck leasing. Finally, using Mr. Gazzoli's language caused him to feel that Joe understood him, creating a powerful emotional connection and trust. Jeb goes on to conclude, average salespeople delude themselves into believing that buyers make rational and logical decisions based on rational information. That is not how the human mind works. Emotion comes first, then logic. So what are some of the learnings that we can bring across to our industry? The most important point for me is that a price objection is not always about price. It's about value and what they get for the price. And while this story illuminates the price objection beautifully, I feel it would require a very skillful and well thought through delivery. For me, this would be dependent on the level of your questioning skills. So how do you rate your questioning skills? For those who follow me or attend my programs, you'll know that this is the one skill area I focus on in developing advanced sales skills. You need to master 
your questioning skills. In the right conversation, I do believe we could ask a salon or a clinic owner why they charge a different price than other, well, maybe cheaper clinics. This handled skillfully could open up a very interesting conversation. However, let's face it, price is a contentious issue in our industry, and we do get a lot of salon and clinic owners pushing back on price. In doing so, they lose sight of what initially attracted them to you and your brand. Your job is to bring the buyer's thoughts and emotions back to the surface when faced with a price objection. Remember, a price objection is only a buying signal in disguise. Basically, a buyer is saying, if you can help me understand the value and benefit for me, that will help me understand your price and what you're offering. Until next time, enjoy your day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Get to Yes podcast. If you like what you've heard, please share it with someone you may know who's looking to become more persuasive or wants to diffuse resistance and get to yes more often. Until our next episode, you can visit me at thesalescatalyst.com.au.